One of the highest paid coaches, definitely highest paid than Pacific Northwest, working part-time, making over $150,000. I didn't know that there was a cliff or whatnot, right? So I, it was dark. It was, there was no signs of anything. And I mean, I had no idea that the cliff is gonna be out there. And, you know, I just was walking out looking for it. And all of a sudden I wake up in the bottom, you know, on the bottom looking up my spine broken and I'm lucky to be alive. I mean, the, the probability of surviving a 110 foot cliff, I mean, 70 foot cliff fall is zero. Whoever is uh, CEO of PPA, I'm so glad they're so unorganized. <laughs> and they, I mean, that thing felt they were supposed to do it. There's just not enough infrastructure anywhere, especially in Seattle and the state where the sport was born, right? I don't know what I would do without pickleball. I mean, in, uh, in reality, is it's like all I want is to grow the sport. Uh, that, that's my that's my biggest mission to grow it. My mission in life is to share the love for the sport that helped me get through very tough times in my life. My concept is a little bit different than um, any other pickleball club, right? But if this guy is a face of pickleball, we have a problem, man. How often have you heard this story? Top junior tennis pro from Russia is on vacation and while out looking for a missing dog, falls off a 110-foot cliff. Spine broken, tennis career ended immediately. This is the story of Dmitry Ivanenko. At just 23 years old, he's managed to build a pickleball paddle brand that has a different focus from everybody else, a focus on courts, which to date, there are two facilities and one public court, all in the state of Washington. This is Building Pickleball. Welcome to another episode of Building Pickleball. My guest today is Dmitry Ivanenko. He was one of the best junior tennis players in Russia, sent to the U.S. on his own by age 12, fell off a 110-foot cliff one year ago, started Astria in July of 2022 at just 23 years old, and he's built a brand with a product line of multiple paddles, gear, and two indoor court facilities in the birth state of Pickleball, with a third outdoor location in downtown Seattle. Thanks for joining me today, Dima. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Something I was curious about when I first heard about you and went it's mostly because you reached out to me, so I appreciate that. One of the first no, things that came. Thanks for pointing out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not taking. I'm not going to take credit for that. You reached out to me, man. Uh, yeah. Something I was very curious about is you were one of the best juniors in Russia. So I don't. I'm not that familiar with tennis, but mm -hmm. I know that that has a lot of weight behind it. You were sent to the U.S. by age 12. What happened to that path that eventually led to pickleball? That's a that's a hell of a long story. Yeah. So, hey, we got time. I know, I know. Um, well, I guess um, I'd say I, I never thought I'm going to be in pickleball, right? Uh, because I was I was all around tennis. Pickleball seemed to me like a silly game, right? So it's just I mean, old people hitting the ball loud, you know. They're kind of obnoxious, you know. The the OG OGs of pickleball, they you know they can really they can really get on your nerve, but. At the end of the day, I ended up falling off a 110-foot cliff. Um, that was a that was a big tragedy that happened to me, and I, you know, and I couldn't really do tennis no more. And I, I thought of about doing a pickleball brand a long time ago. About you know, it's been probably almost I think three years ago when I came up with the name and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, it just over summer, you know, I started working summer summer last year. Started working on it and kind of came to life and yeah here we are sitting here and you know enjoying the podcast <laughs> how did the cliff accident incident happen 
Well, you know, it's always what, what problems men have. Like, what problem can men have? It's always a woman, right? <laughs> I mean, love. it is always a woman. I fell in love for the first time in my life. I mean, I was 22 years old. I was. I had a great job. You know, I was making great money. I mean, I was probably one of the high, one of the highest paid coaches. You know, in Pacific. I mean, definitely one of the definitely highest paid in Pacific Northwest. And you know, I was working part time, maybe like five, six hours a day, making over hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know, just out of coaching. Had three of my own pro shops was called Cordzilla. Well, that, that was a failure, but you know, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, long story short, life was good. And then, you know, uh, one day I met this girl, you know, that was a little above my league. And, you know, well, not anymore, but uh, back in the day, you know, <laughs> I see you laughing. Back in the day, you know, all that, all that was there, right? it was the, just a hot body on the tennis, like, you know, before it was before I became funny, oh, I was funny at that time. So yes, <laughs> but uh, long story short, I f fell in love with this girl, and you know, and it was crazy. You know, I never thought, never experienced anything like it. And we were at the uh, Airbnb retreat down by Peninsula, down in Peninsula, in by I don't know, I don't even know how to how to call it, but somewhere in Washington and e ESL. <laughs> you know, <laughs> English is a second language, so I'm sorry, uh, but. Yeah, we were down at the retreat with her and her friends, and she had a dog. And, I mean, lovely, lovely puppy. I mean, it wasn't puppy. So we were staying right by campfire, and her dog disappeared, right? Just ran away, and she started panicking. Well, you know, when women panic, what do we do? Like, our, our, our thinking right away in our psychology, solve the problem no matter what, right? Like, solve the problem as quickly as you can. So I go, and I went for it. I went to look for a dog. <laughs> so heroic. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, here, here's the thing. Frankly, I didn't know that there was a cliff or whatnot, right? So I, it was dark. It was there was no signs of anything, and I um, mean, I had no idea that the cliff is going to be out there. And you know, I just was walking out looking for it, and all of a sudden, I wake up in the bottom, you know, on the bottom, looking up, and my spine broken, and you know, can't move. And yeah, so that's how that's how it was. That's how I fell off a cliff. Wait. Did you find the dog? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the motherfucker was right by me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, yeah, it was like, it was very close. Uh, I mean, we're like, I was right here. So there was, I, I landed on the rocks. Apparently there was like no sand. So I, I'm lucky to be alive. I mean, the chan the probability of surviving a 110 foot cliff, I mean, 70 foot cliff fall is zero. So I beat the odds by like, I'm, I'm in negatives now, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it can go that way, but you know, that, that that's that's what it was. So long story short, um, I woke up. I didn't I didn't see the dog because I couldn't move, but apparently it was right by me, like, oh. like a little farther off. So it probably went off, like it fell probably in the same place where I fell. So it was kind of, you know, dogs are generally very good at, you know, not not falling off things. Yeah. Like they're, they're very agile. And I mean, I, I can I say that I'm very agile? I mean, you've seen them. You've seen me on the court. You've seen the moves. I can't. <laughs> I can't vouch for that. I can't. He's seen the moves, guys. <laughs> he did. He did. He did see them. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the dog was the dog was right there. What was your first thought when you woke up in the hospital? I woke up on the beach, so I I kind of remember that. You I woke, woke up, up on the beach. Mm -hmm. So well, as I because of the, um, you know, because of the fall, I got knocked out. Right? Yeah. Um, or knocked up. No, knocked out. Knocked up is a diff I different. I hope thing. you didn't get knocked up. I mean, I can't. I would win what do you call it? A Nobel Prize, right? 
I mean, I wish. Um, <laughs> anyways. That's, that's one way to get it. <laughs> I know. I mean, should think about it, right? Uh, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, so I, I woke up down down there right by the water. And, you know, I woke up looking up and I realized that, you know, oh, shit, I fell off a cliff and I can't move. Like my lower body, my lower body wasn't wasn't responding. Like my hands moved. So I had the phone in my um in my pocket, so I reached in and I actually called 911 myself. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And well, as they up up there, they called 911 as well um, because I mean they didn't know that I fell. So when I wasn't responding, um, you know. Oh, I, so they were probably like looking for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a pretty big property. They were looking f- for a dog first, you know, and then they were looking for me. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that's that's what happened. So then I, I was laying there for a couple hours, you know, I was already like the point, you know, at first I didn't feel any pain. But once the pain started hitting in, you know, I I was already going ba- like going to sleep for good. Like it was that bad. Uh, I was, you know, already out. And uh, yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden I get awakened by first responders thanks god to all the people that you know that that got there because they saved my life and you know i mean i don't know if you know, if i fell somewhere remote or i mean th- that was pretty more remote it took them a long time to get there yeah there was no there's like no path down down to that beach anywhere it's just a cliff and cut off and then goes for miles but yeah so man i was helicoptered to harborview I was actually heli- I, w- I t- took a ride on two helicopters, which I'm proud of. I'm still I still have PTSD of helicopters. I mean, you look at helicopters and like I get I get chills down my spine because I remember like they give me that you know shot of hydromorphine and I'm like, oh yeah, taking a ride. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to take in. Yeah, I mean, it's like a pretty incredible story. I mean, uh, something that is I don't know if we should, like there's a tragedy that I share somewhat in common with you is that Mm -hmm. my dad died in 2015 when he was hiking Mont Blanc in Chamonix, France. It's on the border of like Switzerland and France. It's a very popular climbing destination, but him and his wife at the time were climbing and one of them was like reaching for a water bottle and they were tied together and one of them slipped. So they both slipped. It was about like a 200 meter drop. So not everyone gets a second chance, right? So yeah. I guess my question that I want to get at is, what does a second chance mean to you? It's a good question. I would say live your life to the fullest. You know, take risks, go for it because you only get one. And you know, just enjoy. Right? There's so many things that, you know, there's so many things to do that you know that we're all afraid to do because you know of some sort of circumstances. Like I was afraid. I mean, I wanted to go in fully into something. But, you know, I was I was stuck by security of, you know, of sec- like secure life. Right. And great money, this and that, like routine to, to a degree. And uh, I mean, I'm forever thankful that I fell off that cliff and I, you know, I was able to was, I was able to get out of it um, because it did. It did kind of, you know, open my eyes to a lot of things. It, I mean, it is eye opening thing. I mean, I think it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me that I fell. It's another thing we kind of share in common is like, I don't, I guess a good way for me to put it is because I experienced a tragedy and grief is just uh, the silver lining. It's just like, Mm -hmm. there's two ways anyone could look at death and it's like, you can have it 
you can let it affect you in a way where it sits with you for a very long time and that's mm -hmm. just that grief takes you over and it consumes ex who you are entirely or you can use that as like an inspiration as motivation and um mm -hmm. when you talked about like not wasting a moment that resonated with me 100 percent. like mm -hmm. as soon as my dad died i think about like how much my life changed like i pursued mm -hmm. fighting t to a higher degree i took everything more seriously to maybe to a fault that some people think I like changed to that degree where it was uh it kind of became like a different person but I agree man like once you see death close to you it's it's like a lesson that it's just a high paying price mm -hmm. that you can't you can't buy it you can't like it really experience it yeah. so to be able to have that and look at it as a fortunate experience is definitely true you do embody that man I've only met you in person since yesterday yesterday at like 10 a.m and since then like the way you live your life is you strike a strike up a conversation with anyone you like walked an elderly woman across the street like you threw down your scooter as we we're scootering around downtown and we we're headed to pike's market or pike's place and you threw your scooter down to help this like elderly woman walk like anytime we're in the car you're lit you're blasting music like oldies music like music from the nineties and you like live life to the fullest and you like, you compliment women, you compliment anyone really, but even playing pickleball, you don't take a second like to be too serious or take it for granted. It's like a beautiful thing, man. Um, yeah. So I just want to like say that it's been inspiring. Oh, for s right on what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, Thank you, man. for someone at like 23 years old, like mm. coming from a 34 year old, I always look at age and the differences and what we can learn from each other. Yeah. But like, I've learned already like so much from you. Like it's yeah. been definitely like an inspiring experience so far. And it's only been one day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What I love about working out is that you get to do it with other people and other people who might not be as excited about it as you are. But the thing is you get to drag them out and sell them on the idea that they're going to feel better when they do it. Doug, how you feeling? I feel like shit, dude. Go to viori.com slash building pickleball. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but also free shipping on any orders of $75 or more, as well as free returns. Enjoy the rest of the show. What are the tattoos on your hand? Well, this is Astria logo, so I can flip people off. All right. Um, uh, this one is kind of a, the way I, I see life, the way I live, you know, I live in my dream. So I try to, I, I, I make them work. And what this one, say? dreams are for real. Reality is wrong. <laughs> Can you make that effect? Like, <laughs> oh, I throw that in there. <laughs> and then, well, this one is, this one is a little more personal. Like this one is in relation to my, this one says, all I ever wanted is for you to know that I care. And this one is more to the relationship that I had when I fell off a cliff. Um, yeah, that, was, that was a tough one. It was, a, it was that to that person? Yeah, I know. It was, it was, yeah, it was a, you know, it was the same girl. It was about, it, it's about a girl that I fell in love with. And uh, yeah, it's a, you know, shit happens. It's what shit? What shit? Huh, like, what shit there's so much shit that it's hard to count on, on the fingers but you know it was like it, it was a roller coaster ever since i fell 
right? It was it was just mentally very hard because here's the thing, right? Here I was. I mean, I really, I'm 23. The girl that I date, the girl that I fell in love with, she was 35. I mean, she was very successful business lady, right? I grew up with the spoon, with the golden spoon in her mouth, and you know, had a huge business. And here I am, right, a 23-year-old boy chasing after her. It took me about three months, but I got to her. And, uh, you know, and what do I have to offer is, you know, well, I can teach her tennis, right? She plays tennis. Yeah, and then when I fell off a cliff, right, there is, like, here here it goes. One thing goes away. I can't teach tennis anymore, right? So it can't be entertaining. So there is, it's just, it was... It was hard, and it was hard for me to understand. Like that, that relationship was kind of not meant to be from the get-go, right? It was, it was very different. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't accomplished enough for her. And when you're not accomplished enough for somebody, right? Especially if you are, if you're a guy, right? If you're a girl, you're fine. You can take a, you know, um, a different stand. So you have to almost like become an entertainer, right? And you have to be agreeable. And I'm nothing but agreeable. So yeah, no, and I, I just couldn't do it, you know. And then she had to take care of, she had to take care of me, and uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was just a hard, hard thing. And yeah, you know, and from the, from the things that, that happened, I, I don't know if I told you. I think I did that. I almost committed suicide last time. Everything was starting out with Astria right before that, or right, right in those time timelines, <laughs> because if, at first it was when I was starting out, it wasn't like for sure, for sure thing, right? So. Yeah, I got admitted to the, you know, I I kind of turned myself in because it was like it was it, it was that bad. It was the, the things got really bad for me mentally because you know out of out of that fall, the hardest thing was not the physical thing. The hardest thing was mental thing. It was the the hardest thing out of all, um, you know, mentally. What part of the mental part? Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting how. Before I was very active, you know, I always talked more than I listened. And then here you go, you're sitting down and all you all you can do is, you know, you you become an observer. So that's when I became an observer of things, right? And that that changed me a lot. And, you know, just and generally the people that I surround myself with, they were, you know, I mean, everybody cared. But at the end of the day, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... It, <laughs> It wasn't the way my parents cared, I would say, right? It wasn't the way that, that, that's where I learned that the family is very important. That's where I learned that, okay, that's the only ones I got and, you know, I got to really treat them well. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was very, it was very difficult mentally. And because you don't know what you're going to do, right? You're like, you sit, I was sitting there and like, what am I going to be able to, I still not able to play tennis because, you know, it hurts. Like tennis is very physical and rotational, so I can't really rotate much anymore. But because um, m- my spine is fused, I mean, I broke my spine and the foot, so I'm not a, I'm not as fast as I used to be. Not that young bug that used to fly. I still fly, but on the lower speeds, like you know, like a, like you know, I like used to be like a bird. jet. Now I am just a passenger. Plane. You're like a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but you know, it was it was it was it was hard. It was very hard in in terms of the you know getting out of it, and I'm forever thankful that pickleball happened in my life. That able to get out of it what helped you persevere through not committing suicide <laughs> you're gonna laugh but <laughs> it's actually andrew tate's message <laughs> you know and no, i kid you not like you know because that's all i was having i was stuck on the phone and you know that motherfucker saved me kind of in a way what do you say <sighs> a lot of things about that you know th- i mean his biggest one, one of his biggest things is he was saying like nobody cares get up and do things like you know stop being a 
right? Yeah, and people uh, don't care about your excuses. Oh, people don't care about exactly, your problems either. Exactly. And you know, I, and that was that what it was, right? It's very hard to live with. It's very hard to be with a person that puts an excuse to you know to everything, right? And that's what I had to learn the hard way. Like you know, you got to stand up for your things. I mean, if you fuck up, you fuck up. Yeah, it's a good realization to, to have, yeah, though. Exactly. Once you know that, like, people, if you quit, people don't care. If you don't show up because you have an excuse, people don't care. Mm-hmm. Once you realize that people don't care, you'll actually start to have the audacity, like, the willingness to actually pull through and do mm-hmm. things because you're not concerned about what other people think. Yeah, you make you're, your way. Yeah, you realize that, like, you're not doing this for them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, it was a... I mean, I'm I'm glad it happened to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it made me a better person. It's like it's one thing that made me a better person. Yeah. And then it's so funny because out of all that situation, the reason why my relationship with my mentor broke off to a degree, I mean we still we still chat, but um is because he was trying to save me from the relationship with that girl. Because and I only realized that later is because his own relationship is the same way. Uh, his marriage is. He's like a puppet. <laughs> so, in a way, that was a you know a kind of an eye opener for me. And you know, it, I mean, I, I got nothing nothing against the girl. I mean, I think she's a great, wonderful woman, right? She helped me through a lot. Um, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. If you could say anything to her now, what would you say? Hoof. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess you know. I wish I, you know. I wish I was. It was scripted, right? Podcasts are tough, man. It's not scripted, so it's That's hard a good thing. to come up, come up in the way. I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean, I, I wish for nothing, but I mean, any any relationship that I ever had, I, I I don't like it to be you know on a bad note. I don't like it to. We, we ended on a bad note, but yeah. I was fortunate enough. I got to apologize, you know, because I was not in the right place mentally. I was in. I mean. God, when you when you have no money, absolutely, when you absolutely have no money, you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what you're gonna eat tomorrow, right? And uh, you know, and you have so many problems. And when we had a big fight happen, right? And um, I wasn't in the right place, so I, I, I generally, I'm, I keep my cool very well. And but you know, sometimes if I if I do lose cool, it's like I don't even remember what I say. So I'd say I'll, I'll probably apologize again. And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of things I said that were not were not good. And I wish all I wish her is the best. Yeah, that's, that's all I wish her. You know, that's all I can do. I think that's a manly thing. Manly thing to do. I mean, can't really say, like, uh, you know, it, it just, it just didn't work out. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Relationships with mentors are like huge. So I hate to ask the same question, but if you could say something to Vitali, what would you say? Mm-hmm. What would I say? That, that's a, that's a little easier. Because the reason me and Vitaly broke off is because of the people around him. I, I absolutely think, you know, he is, he, he's very smart. So he doesn't take criticism well. Uh, and, uh, you know, like you already met me. You know, I'm not that guy that's gonna sit down and not. Say, I'm gonna disagree, and I'm, I'm, I can be very disagreeable. And a lot of people think, you know, uh, like that's an asshole if you're disagreeable. No, yeah, well, I am, and <laughs> I am, right? It's practically a, a thing, right? It's okay to be disagreeable, especially, I mean, we're, we're men, we're, we're born to be like all great men, they're, they are, they, they're gonna disagree with you. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's what really 
stroke our relationship because he has people the people around him the people that he surround himself with are I, I generally think they just uh, leeches leeches you know the ones that uh, suck on your blood and you know yeah. he doesn't he doesn't seem to see it and uh, you know and I mean I wish him all the best but I think I, I hope you're watching you know I hope you get something out of it and yeah. you know maybe maybe uh, like he will have a okay trust me he'll have a logical explanation to it and you know will sound will sound right like he, th that's what I said I mean I've probably never met a man smarter than he is it's like it's just I can't argue with him. Like, it's impossible to. I've never seen the person beat him in an argument. It's like it's that bad. It's like he's that smart. Something came up and it was about the excuses. And there's a quote. So it's not my own words, but someone said excuses sound best to the person making them. And that just came to mind. And I just want to throw that in there. But mm -hmm. what's going on? Hope you're enjoying the show. In the vlog that was released last week, I announced a giveaway. And that giveaway included three winners. Without further ado, I'll just get right into it. We have the first winner is Steve Hattendorf. Second is Jerry Ramirez. Third is OMG Big Bears. Those three people you need to contact me hit me up on instagram shoot me a dm and then we'll go through a confirmation process but just hit me up on instagram if i don't hear from you within a week i'm going to go ahead and announce new winners enjoy the rest of the show so like the company astria like you you decided like with your second chance that you were going to pursue something fully and then astria came along like where does the name astria even come from and the logo and that whole like inception the idea let me start it off with what the name means the astria is a greek goddess of justice purity and precision which the way i came up with the name was um you know it was a um you know i, I was fascinated by story of nike and you know nike is a greek goddess of victory right so i was looking for a greek goddess and then um Astra came up. It's actually <clears throat> in the Greek methodology is Astrea, and Astra is one of the ways to pronounce it. And I really like that. I thought it was, uh, you know, sounding sharp. And her colors are purple, which kind of suited. And purple is my favorite color. So, and then the name just generally it grew on its it grew in, it grew on its meaning. It grew on uh, in terms of justice, purity, and precision. I mean, it's the you know I think white. White is one of our colors, so it's white, black, and purple. And white is the purest color of all. Uh, well, purple is a royal, co royal co color, but I mean, I'm not making any statements. I'm nothing but royal. I'm just a little mutt from Siberia. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So the the meaning grew. You know, it was before. Uh, at first, it was just at first it was just a name, but now it's a lot more. Now that's that's actually the way I live my life. You know, by those. You know. Th those things and the way I treat people, um, the Austria way. It's like yoga. You know what they ask? What is yoga? It's or like, yoga is the way of living. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what Nam Austria namaste. is for me. <laughs> namaste. Yeah, it's yeah. like namaste. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Well, when you go to your website, your mission statement is empower people to stay strong and never give up, stand up to their fears, injustices, overcome them, and radiate their strength to others in need. What does that mean to you? I hate bullies. You know, <laughs> I don't like bullies. I mean, it just means that, you know, I think people should, m my goal is to protect them. You know, my goal is to, m like my people, let's say, right? Uh, like, I, I, I care for my people the most. And, you know, that's that statement mostly about them, about empowering them to do things that, you know, that they're dreaming about and they want. I think that, that mission statement got changed a little bit. It was a little different before, but, you know, like the, there, was a, there was a thing about Astria Shield. It's like our logo. But, yeah, anyways, we're 
don't don't worry about it. Things change. Yeah. <laughs> so far, some of the conversations we have is just like how you're trying to do things differently. And something that stood out is Astria is one of, off the top of my head, I can think of two other companies. So Astria is one of three companies that has that is a paddle brand first, and then now has court and facility locations. We're the first. Yeah. We're the first. You're the first. We're the second. Uh, what's what's name? Diadem. Diadem and yeah. Selkirk, but I don't know if Selkirk is public. No, Selkirk, no, no, it's a private court. So okay, Selkirk so they don't the, count. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Selkirk doesn't count. So Diadem, yeah. they did it, and I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what their deal is, but they did it after me, so, you know, it's like, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. They might be a little bigger, but that's they're just for a little for a little while. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming. We're coming. <laughs> I mean, yeah. dude, there's no other paddle brands. That, like, everyone is coming out with a paddle, and at this point, it's just oversaturation, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, there's no like different they don't have a strong value proposition and mm -hmm. like what you're doing is there's two locations so far one in spokane one in ellensburg and there's a third location that is opening up in downtown seattle and that's happening this weekend mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that yeah well that one is um that one is more of a donation to the city of seattle and uh that one is a public so that those courts are going to be public and uh yeah, you know it's uh, it's you know what they say one one man's trash is another man's treasure. So I'm forever whoever is uh, CEO of PPA, I'm so glad they're so unorganized. <laughs> and they, I mean that thing felt they were supposed to do it. Oh really? And yeah, and then they messed up so bad with the city of Seattle that city of Seattle go like they don't want anything to do with them no more. And well, I was I was fortunate enough to you know to have that to have that. For for them to ask me to do it, and I was more than happy to do it for the city of Seattle, and uh, just Washington in general. I love the state. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Washington. There you go, all the Washingtonians, <laughs> represent. Huh? <laughs> it's not what he was saying behind the scenes. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, how, how, what am I gonna do without all my Asian ladies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll table that conversation for later. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's really cool to see it happening. I mean, obviously, this is going to come out in two weeks, so it will. The photos and the videos will have already come out of the mm -hmm. court, but it just stands out like a sore thumb in a good way. Like it's purple, black, the white is like the color combination, the color contrasting is very vibrant, and to see it next to the Space Needle is yep. like wild. Like that's in literally like downtown. So there might be other people who are looking for the opportunity to be able to work with the city to. <laughs> put up courts right like mm. ideally there's a balance of public and private uh facilities mm. what advice would you have for someone who wants to get started on working with the city to build public courts i don't really know i mean it's just it's like it's um i mean if you want to build it and you know how to build it i mean i was fortunate enough to learn how to do it um i had some experience of doing it back back in the day while i was in tennis and then we did ellensburg facility ourselves right so i got to learn a lot so i mean it was like it's like all the things i like to do myself because i get to learn and i get to know like okay this is what this is what it is it's kind of an invest investment into yourself and um yeah my my advice would be i mean if you want to money money solves the problem so if you want to donate money to to build pickleball courts that that solves it all right <laughs> i mean not that city didn't have money, but it was just, you know, there's impossible to find a contractor to do it because everybody's so booked out. There's not a lot of them, actually. So so that's where, you know, 
I kind of came in and helped. And hopefully I'll build more. You know, I did. So we did those two chords down and by Space Needle. And a couple of weeks back, we did four chords for City of Ellensburg. So right where our indoor club is. So we're, build, we're building a lot of chords. Like we've filled a lot. Oh, so the City of Ellensburg <laughs> chords, those are public? They're, they're public and and not we kind of we, we get we get our use of it but you know it's uh, we have outdoor courts now and, and we can say that we do but you know it's like it, it is a public property oh okay so we, we work with with cities yeah where does this this generosity come from like most people I, th- I i think most people would look most people are looking at pickleball as an opportunity to make money mm-hmm. and i've talked about this before there's nothing really wrong with that but if you have the right intentions then there's nothing wrong with it but where does this idea of like generosity come from because obviously there aren't a lot of brands or companies that are coming out with courts like paddle brands and companies that have probably have the funding and they could probably do it but i think a lot of people start with private first and i even see it in austin right mm-hmm. there's a lot of private clubs these mm-hmm. membership only but you're coming in with i've mentioned on will's the episode with will instead of a closed fist you're coming with, with an open hand and you're being like more generous so where's that come from i guess it comes be it comes from you know the fact that pickleball did save my life because i don't know what i would do without pickleball i mean in uh in reality is it's like all i want is to grow the sport uh, that that's my that's my biggest mission to grow it right i mean i think that's why you know i i that's why you were the first person I thought of. Like, God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta get Brian onto onto this. Uh, I mean, we've chatted before, but you know, I'm like, I gotta get Brian because his channel is like perfect for 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 it. And um, yeah, so that 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 is pretty much my t- my mission in life is to share the love for the sport that helped me get through very tough times in my life. Yeah, and I mean, I do have my indoor clubs. There are, you know. Obviously, we're trying to we're trying to be profitable. We're trying. <laughs> well, we're, we're, I mean, we're doing we're doing all right. But yeah, the nation. I mean, it is you know it is what it is. It's like there is not a, there's just not enough infrastructure anywhere, especially in Seattle. And the C- this is the city where the sport. W- I mean, this is the state where the sport was born, right? Yeah. And there is not enough anything. There's like you know you go to you go to California. I mean, pickleball court is. I mean, you can shit pickleball courts there. Like I mean, oh pickleball court, oh, pickleball court, oh, pickleball court. I mean, here, I mean, we don't have anything. Yeah, they have more courts than players almost. Oh, yeah. Like it's insane. Like it's crazy. there's open Arizona, courts. Arizona. Yeah. I mean, there's facilities with 50 courts in there. Yeah. And I mean, you know, old them old folks out there. They retired all winter. I bet they're full. You know, they're they're really going for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something you mentioned that is definitely like top of mind is I, I get this question a lot how is your facility profitable or is like what do you think is the key factor to making a facility profitable my concept is a little bit different than um any other pickleball club right so i come from tennis background i come from teaching tennis you know i was very fortunate to um, uh to have uh, an amazing mentor in tennis and i worked i only worked for in my entire life i mean i started working full-time ever since i was 15 right i my parents didn't have any money and uh, as I started working full time, I worked. I only worked for one company before I started Astria, and I mean, I'm forever thankful to that company, you know, because it gives gave me a lot of imp- opportunities, and you know, a lot of uh, my brain power become a little higher. I was very fortunate to have an amazing mentor. Uh, his name is Vitaly Gorin. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a great guy. He's probably ever, smartest man I've ever met. You know, that's the only man I can really argue with because he's taught me how to use my brain. I still don't use it, but you know, at, le- <laughs> at least I have something to track back on. Right hey, now. the parts that you use are part, the parts that I use. 
which part? Parts of your brain that you do use. Oh, well, yeah. They're so, interesting. So, sometimes. I use different, all different parts of my body, but, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's our part of the brain that I was talking about. I know. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the dirty one. Right. <laughs> what, what was it about Vitaly? I'm always curious about mentors. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go back on that subject of the facility and profitability. Mm -hmm. You said you're doing things differently. Yeah. So, so the concept of the concept of my clubs is more educational versus, um, you know, versus chicken and pickle, for example. Right. That's all like they chicken and pickle, for example, they don't make money on pickleball. They make money on food and beverage, yeah. mostly mostly beer, I would say. Right. So and th those places are popping up everywhere. And there is no some there is nothing really specific to education and like that, you know, there's a lot of tennis academies, right? So, it, so what happened was I kind of take took in the model that I was very familiar with because I I ran tennis academies for for my mentor for Gorin, and um, yeah, and I just took a lot of that in and uh, trying to implement that in pickleball. Still working on it, but it's I mean it's doing it's doing all right. It's we're 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 floating, <laughs> we're float. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't I haven't heard about that. Like, is someone taking that approach? Have you guys? Do you guys? Do you guys have leagues at your facility? We have leagues. I. Uh, we have leagues. We have like we, we organize a lot of events. I mean, a lot of uh, like organized open place. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the one. The first thing we do, right? It's what does that look like? Organized open place, like a round robin, for example, right? People come in and uh, they get to play with everybody, and uh, we do a lot of classes. So the classes are, you know, are are. Our, our primary focus, um, you know, I, I try my best for the coaches to make as much money as possible and, you know, to, to, to be in the best shape so they're, they're always happy. And, um, yeah, so, so I would say the classes, cl classes, clinics, private lessons, all, all that kind of stuff. So all educational and all about how to get ourselves better. Not only that we build paddles, we build facilities, we build courts, we also build players, right? That's kind of our motto. So y your channel called We Built Pickable. This is actually our slogan, We Built Pickable. So Selkirk, you know, you're, you say you're Pickable. You know who to call daddy now, right? <laughs> call me daddy Dmitri, because I build you. Mwah. Can you put that in, please? That'll... I please, I, I want them to hear. That'll be... I'll send them to, send it to them directly. Yeah, great. Uh, great. That's something I actually had been wondering when was that when was this going to happen was think of it similarly to like jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu always had a gym and a mm -hmm. coach and what they did was they produced athletes not every jiu-jitsu gym produced athletes some of them just uh casual like hobbyists and stuffs but mm -hmm. that's not something i've seen in, in pickleball and maybe it's because it's not just it's just not being done locally where i'm mm -hmm. at but that's going to be interesting is where people are producing like high level players instead of like hey i failed at tennis and now I'm finding my second wind in pickleball. Mm -hmm. But instead, like you have an you have a coach or an instructor, and you're building them up to be a professional, better. Pickleball well, professional, player. or just be better in general, yeah. right? I mean, <clears throat> eventually, come come winter, we are really going to focus on kids because I think you know where the sport lacks is not enough kids play it yet. So uh, kids is going to be a big a big push. Educational for kids because you know we we want to build soldiers. They're gonna come out, you know, twelve-year-old little, you know, little monkeys that are gonna come out and whip off the them older folks. You know, that's because that's embarrassing to lose to them. And they're like, oh, where is this guy coming from? Oh, that's an ashtray kid. You know, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's 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 in the works. 
it's in the works at the moment. So yeah. When you were teaching tennis, were you teaching kids or adults? Yeah, yeah, mostly mostly kids. I mean, you know, I had few adults, but uh, I enjoyed. Work. I, I was working with high strength, uh, high strength juniors. Like I was traveling all around the nation to go to tournaments with them, um, and uh, yeah, no, I I loved it. I mean, I my my favorite age of kids would be probably about like nine or ten years old and you know i have a lot of kids i almost a generation of kids now they're all like 15 16 17 that grew up with me ever since i started coaching and yeah. it's uh, just an amazing to see what you know where their paths are taking them it's it's a great thing when you're talking about your paddle what's the difference between ashia and another paddle like say your three friends who have paddles or carbon yola bread and butter diadem i could i, I mean the list could really go on but yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, there's so many, right? Um, what's the difference? I mean, they're probably the softest. Like our current models, I have quite a few that is coming out that you had tried, and you know, uh, that one paddle. <laughs> that I haven't yeah. felt a paddle like that, and I yeah. I've played with the six zero, the Legacy. The I haven't tried. I honestly haven't played a consistent amount with the Vatic, but zero zero six. Bread and butter you know, filth. You know what they say? Once you go black, you never go back. Okay. I'd like to see where this is going. I'd like to see where this is going. I don't know where this is going, but <laughs> but it's like once you try it, it's like it's hard to go back. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like once you try Astra, it's like no back. <laughs> no. So the, yeah. the yeah the the paddles. So the so the quality. So out of um you know we sold probably about you know over a few thousand paddles in total and. Out of that, I pro we probably have, I don't know, five or ten quality returns. I mean, we never basically have any any quality returns. So whatsoever, the quality of the paddles are just great. and they're What contributes to that? You know, a lot of the times, if you go in, how do, how do people start their, you know, their brand, right? They go in into Alibaba, they see, you know, a paddle, they see the, you know, oh, this, they type in pickable paddle, they see it, they buy whatever it is. The amount of paddles, Paddle manufacturer, like manufacturing plant, right? That I've tested. There, there's handful of uh, factories, right? And the amount of that I tested is just through the roof. I, I think before I came out with those paddles, I went through maybe 60 or 70 different samples, and you know, just playing around with them. Um, yeah, I think it got a lot to do with the factory uh, because I mean, the bigger the factory, the more the more likely you're gonna have uh, a um, you know quality issues. Which is minus minus pretty small, so yeah, and they we, we do a, we do a very good job at keeping the quality control, yeah, because I mean we don't I mean if sometimes you know there's there there's bad paddles right it, you, nobody's uh, insured from that yeah but like in look at look at Engage for example I mean the guys I mean I know they just got sold uh, I don't know if you know that but uh, I don't I don't know who bought them but I mean their qualities I mean. And I don't know why would somebody buy that brand. I mean, their quality and their reputation is garbage because, I mean, you, you pick up their paddle and, you know, it falls apart. And, like, and uh, no, I, I swear to God, I mean, you pick it up fresh off the box, it's already on the edges on glue. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> Dude, I mean, Chris Pickleball Studio has a video that the... What can you share about that new paddle? Like, talk to me about, like, the process to from your idea and the approach to where you got, how it got to where it is now about eight months so you know eight months to develop it it's still we're still finishing out but um you know selkirk has their power area series and i thought it was a decent paddle but i thought it lacked a lot of things i think you know first of all uh, i wanted something 
similar but with a way bigger sweet spot power air has a sweet spot of you know of, uh, what what's this in the in diameter of this very 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 small sweet spot <laughs> let's not go into into details of sweet spots but <laughs> oh, but it, it does have a small sweet spot and um it does like because i think it lacks a lot of weight on the sides and then what else does it lack? i mean that spray paint it does wear out so it likes carbon fiber uh but i generally think that paddle is i mean it's a decent paddle right and this was kind of my inspiration to okay i'm gonna you know, because all the technologies in pickleball, all of that has been invented 27 times from Tuesday. There is nothing new. So all of that, I mean, there is little tweaks here and there, but all of that has come come out from tennis and padel uh, because those been around for way longer, right? So with that being said, that new paddle is something that is, it's like a cyborg, right? It has all the best things. It has the holes, right? Not the big hole, not the big, you know, Selkirk hole, because their hole is pretty big, pretty wide. Uh, my holes are smaller, but they're tighter. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. It has, I mean, it's an edgeless paddle, but it does have an edge around it. <laughs> and it's built out of one, it's a one-piece construction, and uh, it has carbon fiber uh, all around it. At <laughs> raw, <laughs> raw, raw, raw carbon fiber. <laughs> what's, what's the point of having an edgeless paddle with an edge? I, it gives you a bigger sweet spot that's for sure like it gives it adds that weight uh to the sides of the paddle and it protects oh, the edge. okay so it adds it adds weight because of the, that that plastic adds 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 out to it so this is not thermoformed it, yeah, well it is it is you oh, have okay. to make it well thermoformed is interesting it's just uh, it's like um so term it's it's just a form that they fill out on the on the side yeah so uh, pretty much most of the paddles for stiffness they do that yeah gotcha when you meet a person, you're like, oh shit, you know, you don't really meet another person like that. And he's just an incredible, he, I mean, he has such a great soul and he's just an incredible human being uh, in a way that, you know, n no matter the odds, he always wanted, he, I mean, he always wanted the best for, for me. And, you know, he, he raised me ever since I was 12. I was kind of under, under his wing and um, all the way up until I fell off the, fell off a cliff and, and whatnot. So... He is he's just very smart and you know he's very wise. He's Jewish, so I'm I'm practically, you know, I'm practically have a PhD in Jewish business practices. So, you That's know. probably the best PhD you could get. Hell yeah. That's the best PhD, you know. So I I always tell people, you know, that I got I went through I went, people ask me like which which school did you go to? I went to, you know, I got PhD in business in Jewish business arts. I, I call him Marx because he's like he's J that JBA. JBA. Yeah, I went to J I, I did J JBA, you know. You've mentioned your parents like a couple times. I don't know anything about your parents, but you've mentioned some, I think, some stuff about your dad before. Mm -hmm. Do you mind going into what your relationship with your parents is like? Because that's got to be difficult, right? Like they sent you, they agreed to send you off to the U.S. at the age mm -hmm. of twelve. Well, I was the well, I was the last one, you know, of, of my kind. I would say of Ivanenkos, last warrior <laughs> produced <laughs> in mass production <laughs> of four, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, but uh, well, my family is interesting. Oh, my fa I'm from a very small town in Russia. It's actually a secret town. It used to be a you know it used to be a secret town that was not on any map. Uh, it was a nuclear production plant, um, and um, all my parents, all all of my you know family members, they're scientists. So my grandpa is a PhD in physics. He was actually one of the one of the few people that worked on the first uh, nuclear bomb 
nuclear weapon. Yeah, so I mean, he like very very smart. My dad has a PhD in radiochemistry, so also very smart. Shout out Oppenheimer. I know, and and like when when I say PhD, PhD in Soviet Union. So that's I mean, this is like oh shit, right? Um, now PhD. I mean, anybody can get a PhD. I mean, I'll, I'll go to you know, I'll get a psychology PhD. It's the easiest PhD to probably get, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Like, I mean, some PhDs you look at them like, oh, well, you just stayed extra in school. I mean, what else? Are, what, what else is there about you? But long story short, my mom also, you know, um, in uh, my mom is in robotics. My my grandpa, grandma is in, uh, I think, also physics. But they're not PhDs. They're women. I mean, a woman can be PhD, but you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> back in the day what in Soviet, you? back in the day in Soviet Union, oh, okay. you know, I yeah. don't think it was very. No, I like mean, they, this is a there's a distinction. Yeah. That's a, another culture in another region. No, for sure. Yeah, and you know, I mean, they're. I mean, Russian women are wicked strong, so you know it's like. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what my parents. My, my my relationship with my parents is actually great because I, you know, after after I fell off a cliff, you know, I really learned to appreciate the family because you know when you when you have shit happen to you that big, you only learn that you know the only thing you really got is your family, because everybody else did in your life. You know, it's like they're there, but you know it's not always. You know that your mom, like for guys especially, like your mom is. Like my mom, I have an amazing relationship with my mom. Um, not with AJ, but you know, with, with my actual mom, she's great. You know, um, yeah. So yeah, it's a very different bond. I mean, yeah. understandably so. They carried us for like nine months, and then that whole process of being a, an infant, um, that whole bonding. Talked about how you were working since you've been 15 years old. But you also mentioned at one point I was watching an interview. Or I read an article about how you were living out of your car, and yep. it's a transformative <laughs> experience. Yeah. yeah, what was that like? How long did you do that for, and what what is that like? So, when I was working in a paddle brand, right, when I was starting out, and um, I got, I mean, I was in wheelchair when I was start, when I started working, so I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really test myself. So I had a lot of people help me out with that. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't just me by myself. It was all the friends that I've gained throughout my, you know, my days in pickleball. When my paddles came in, you know, when my first my first paddle shipment was very small. It was like 300 paddles, and you know, at that time when about a year ago, there was paddle there there were paddle brands, but there wasn't anything like that like what it is now, right? I mean, I like three of my three of my buddies started their own pickleball brands, paddle brands. I mean, they're garbage. They can you know they they're just cookie cutters, but you know. It, Either way, right? It, it's like right now it's so saturated, right, with all the paddle brands that get out. But yeah, so when my first shipment came in, it, it's so funny because I sold enough paddles in the first 72 hours to break even off that shipment. And I said, well, you know, f it. I go for it. And I, you know, I had no, I had no money. I had maybe like, you know, 30, 35 to 40 grand in debt on my credit cards from, you know, from not being able to work and on all that, you know, all the expenses they accumulate. And um, yeah, and then I just went down the coast selling pickleball paddles out of, out of the trunk, you know, everywhere. I went down to Southern California. It was, it was nice. I mean, okay, when I say car, you know, I was very good com homeless, like I'm a professional homeless. Uh, I'm like, I'm very good. You know, you find a friend, you know, can I crash on your, on your couch? It's not like you stay every night in there, right? But you do have to have Planet Fitness membership. For the shower? Yeah, well, I'm, and I like And the pizza on Monday? I think pizza, pizza every month? What? It's There's the pizza? It's like the first Friday of every month. I didn't know. Shit, I missed out. Yeah, you could have gotten a free meal. I'm sorry for my French. I think I am 
at my best when I struggle at my, you know, I, I like to put myself into positions where I'm under pressure because if I'm not under pressure, I mean, it's just like, you know, I live my life like, oh, hello, this is easy. Right. I, I like to put myself into, you know, into the pressure, pressure situations where yeah. there's stress. That makes sense. Well, stress mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Things come out of great. things come out of stress, mm -hmm. like especially like your own physical health mm -hmm. and like, yeah, you're not going to get gifts or results without or mean meaningful gifts and results without mm -hmm. a certain level of stress. And oh, yeah. it's yeah, like in the society today, it's something that's like shied Everybody. away from we, people cower from it exactly. like all the great things come from those moments and um like you know you need a pill because you know you you're too stressed you know here we go take 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 this you know it will help you now i mean anxiety i think anxiety okay it's too much anxiety is bad but you know healthy healthy dose of anxiety i think it's good anxiety stress i mean it's all our natural feelings yeah that we experience the thumbnail says and the title says why would anyone buy this? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, a garbage is garbage, no matter how you put it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I mean, and the branding, I mean, also the branding, right? I mean, you look at it, it looks like a, I mean, I, here's, if you listen and engage, you know, why don't you go out and hire somebody, I don't know, some, some youngster to do your, you know, graphics for you because you, you're just outdated. And I'm sorry, but the game is changing and, you know, it's becoming a lot of more money flowing in, so you got to look better. One thing we do, we do look better. So good luck, buddy. <laughs> I mean, look at our paddles. We look sexy, and no matter how you put it, ladies like it. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the purple. Maybe. It's the purple. No, people sure. do like the graphics and the designs. Uh, my buddy Jeff Lee was looking at the paddle. We were talking about. I think I was just talking about my trip over here. We were talking about a couple weeks ago because I we were we had planned it, and Jeff mm -hmm. was like, he he likes that graphics. I'm not particularly a fan of it. I'm more on the minimal side. <laughs> yeah. So you like the rhombus with the little. No, I don't like that design either. Uh, what is it? It's not a design. Every paddle is the same. Oh, they don't yeah. even put it. Like, they can't put. Do you, like, the Amara review? Like, I, I swear to God, I mean, the, in order for me to put that logo in there, right? Okay, you know how pain takes away. Um, usually, if you put. The reason why all the paddles don't have any paint on their playing surface is because usually pain takes away that spin. So it took me about a month and a half to figure out the way how to fix that because I really wanted my star, my logo to be out there, right? So we ended up fixing it, but everybody else, I mean, they take a easier route and they just put one here, one here, yeah. one here, and they all look like carbon and electrum. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, I gotta give it to carbon and electrum because they were the first that, that looked, looked yeah. like that, right? I remember they, carbon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the, I, I don't know, I, I mean, that's the, Pretty much one of one of few brands that I respect. Not, a, not a, I I think Carbon is great. I think those yeah. guys are. I mean, those guys changed the game a lot. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, I had they, that they first generation it. paddle. Hundred percent. That thing was awesome. And so, then when it got banned, I was like, so mine. So so our paddles play exactly how that first generation played. <laughs> that's what that that's what it's all about. Them right. They're very very soft and they're very uh, they're very sturdy. Because I, mean, I think, I mean, I'm not going to talk out of my ass, but I even think, you know, Carbon, they all switch manufacturing when it becomes really big. I mean, Carbon just blew up, right? So they, the amount of the amount of paddles that they need to make is, you know, is a lot. So yeah, there must be, the, the bigger your qualities become, the lower your, you know, the lower your quality control is. So that's just normal. I mean, look at, look at Engage. Yeah. <laughs> when you can't even look at them. I mean, they're just, yeah, I'm sorry, Engage. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm not sorry at all, but, you know. <laughs> 
take it with a grain of salt, you know. Carbon seems to take care of their athletes too. Um, yeah. I like the Selkirk 006 for like a design that's not on the minimal side. Mm. I like the Selkirk 006 design. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, Selkirk, I mean, they're the biggest, right? They're the biggest in the sport. Selkirk and Yola, so. Yeah. The Yola, I don't like that gray. It makes it look very dated. It looks, it makes it look like kind of plasticky. I mean, it fit, but it fits Ben Johns, you know. It fits him like the gray, you know, gray boy. Gray boy with triple chin. <laughs> just look at that guy. Come on, man. <laughs> just look at him. Like he has the most punchable face I've ever seen. Like just look at him. It's like if this is like Ben Jones in particular. If this guy is a face of pickleball, we have a problem man like look at it i mean i i understand mcmuffin at least he put his veneers on you know he has the what, what do you call that haircut the mullet the mullet I mean, yeah jesus christ but you know at least you like you could look at him if you don't know it if you don't know mcmuffin from his you know from his past from his tennis past you'd think like oh this guy this guy's a g but i mean yeah right <laughs> so that that that's that that's it. I mean, we have a, we have a problem with the face of the game. We need a better face. Someone said it once about Ben Johns was like Ben has a face where he looks like he smell always looks like he smelled something bad. And ever since someone said that, I was like, wow, I cannot see that. I mean, yeah, no, I mean it's just yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, I'm actually not sorry. I mean it's just bad, man. McGuffin, he reinvented himself really well. He looks really cool. Honestly, when you watch him, you're like, damn, all the tattoos, the way he, like, dresses, the colors. <laughs> tattoos. Everything. <laughs> yeah. He has a he has a look of so- something that makes you want to watch and get excited about it. I don't know. I mean, he's, I, I think he's doing, I mean, he's, he's doing, he's doing great. Like, wh- what, yeah. what he's doing, I think, is growing his way right. But the the problem is is like you know no matter how you reinvent yourself you are what you are so <laughs> so with that with that being said I mean I think it's like to people that are coming in and to people that are you know relatively not a long time in pickleball or haven't been in that tennis world right in the tennis bubble because we all kind of know each other from one way or another right mutual acquaintances or whatnot so all the trash that you know if you play tennis you know I'll probably know all the trash about you so you know it's it's like it's a it's a normal thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think his. I mean, nothing but respect. He's a father of what three? I mean, he's father so, of yeah. like six or something. Six. It's I crazy. mean, the guy it's knows got... what hyper reproduction and talk about it. Right? <laughs> the guy, the guy knows something. Oh shit! Six? Are you kidding me? The most electrifying man in bed. Electri- electrifying. <laughs> Someone called him like the most electrifying man in pickleball. I think he put like I don't know I don't know what it is, but he reposted it. So you know. The minute you repost that stuff, you know, you become a, you become relevant. <laughs> that, that becomes irrelevant because if somebody said it, you know, that somebody said it. And then we have a face of pickleball, Ben Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just look. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem. We got to change that. Come on, Yola. Can you, can you change it a little bit? You don't want Matt right? Who's that? <laughs> you were looking at his photo yesterday. Oh, he's one of the ugly guys on PPA website? Yeah. I mean, oh God. I mean, come on. It's like, A, half of them look like mugshots. B, why are they fat? I mean, they're professional athletes. I mean, I'm sorry, no discrimination against fat people. I was fat once upon a time. I was not 175, I was 185, and that that's fat for me. <laughs> keep <laughs> what, going, keep what, going. Yeah, what, what's up with all that weight? No, seriously, like, what's up with all that weight? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, you're professional athletes and you're overweight. This is just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't match. It doesn't look good. I think it's, yeah. uh, it's like, it, that got to change. I mean, look at tennis. I mean, all those guys, they, they're fit, right? 
look at any other professional sport um i don't know it's just like to me it's like whoa yeah it's not great because then that's like why people have this notion or the sentiment towards pickleball that anyone can do it i mean of course you can see like the older demographic playing Mm -hmm. and take that stance but when you see it on the professional level and you do see people that are overweight i feel the same way it's kind of embarrassing it is um and these are people that are like meant to help grow the sport and they're taking it as if they're just landing into it but they're not giving it like it doesn't seem like they're giving it the honest effort of the the practice the the tape the nutrition the strength and conditioning practices already like goes without saying Mm -hmm. but when i hear about people that just don't have like mental coaches they don't have a nutritionist they cramp up during events i'm like why is this even happening oh and they drink the stuff that's i enjoy that beverage roar but (laughs) it's whatever (laughs) they're like they're just given this drink right and you're like wait shouldn't you have something that you're taking on a consistent basis uh, your own formula not taking something that just happens to be within arm's reach Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> cramping on the turn. I mean, I think cramping is a cramping is your fault, entirely your fault. Yeah, you don't. I mean, if you really hydrate well, if you just that you can know, be a hundred percent avoided. A hundred percent avoided. I yeah. mean, you can. I mean, okay, yeah. Sometimes it, it it can get very hot, but generally speaking, you know, it's you're both like when you play, you're both you're in the same conditions, you're in the same you're in the same boat. So when you say I cramped and you know I couldn't do it, I mean, you know, take care of yourself. Like there is no, I mean, maybe there is a disease that you that you chronically cramping, but yeah, it's like it's not an excuse. But yeah, overweight. I mean, again, I would love the backlash on it, but I'm, I'll take the stands and like I'm like you're fat, so you can't. I mean, you don't look good for the sport. It just does. I, I completely agree. It does not look good for the sport. And yes, pickleball is that type of sport. That's why it's so appealing, actually. That pickleball is a sport where anybody can play. Yeah, it's the most untalented sport on earth. On yeah. the same level with soccer. Yeah. <laughs> on the same level with soccer, trust me. I mean, uh, they're, they're like anybody can hit a ball and give a pass and hit a ball into the. Yeah. That's why it's so appealing. That's why it's so it's growing like crazy. Warranted to take the stance. We're talking about a professional sport. If we're yeah. talking about just like daily living and all that, then, you know, maybe another conversation. Oh. But if we're talking about a professional sport, then 100%, like, I get, there's like come to this idea or belief that physicality is just based on like how you look. And you're like, what about the internal? Like, they've done the studies, right? Like, being in better physical shape helps performance because you can, it changes the way you see a movement. Like, Mm -hmm. if you see a ball further away, the more athletically inclined you are to get to that ball, Mm -hmm. the shorter amount of time you perceive your body needs to get to that ball. Mm -hmm. But if you're out of shape and you don't have the physical, like capabilities to get there and it takes you longer you're gonna see that ball differently Mm -hmm. um i just don't think that's maybe that's not known maybe that's yeah it's just it sucks that it's so underappreciated undervalued to be a professional in a sport yeah it's just i mean it's it's sad but you know it's i I think it will saturate it it will change oh yeah it will change over time i mean i think it's uh i mean pickleball is a long way to go we're just starting out we're just blue i started the brand right before pickleball blew up so pickleball blew up about august or september last last year was it 20 i'm sorry 20 even 2020 late 2020 even 2021 2020 no i think it was 2022 it really blew up like 
crazy right Over that's when they start talking about like the 38 million players and all that yeah yeah 2022 yeah mm -hmm. so that's uh you know what it, it's still got a long way to go right it's still got a, w a way to develop a way to develop right uh and i think i think it will change but yeah it does it does not look good it yes is, without a higher. doubt like you can look at it at like any other sport look at so look at football for example like american football mm -hmm. like at one point in the early days of american football people with like a stature like you and i or even more out of shape we're just playing out there what are you talking about i'm i'm in shape let's <laughs> my last name is Sex. I don't know if you didn't know. You say Ivanenko. No, it's not. Actually, middle name Sex. Dimitri Sex Ivanenko. I, like, I look sexy. Cut that out. Um, oh, shit, you're cutting that out. Oh, crazy. Uh, Does YouTube yeah. doesn't like word sex? No, I just sexy, sexy. My, just, my middle name is Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just look at it like American football. Just like yeah. ordinary humans were doing it at one point, mm -hmm. and then now you you look at them in public, and you're like, that person does not look normal. Yeah. Like if this was another time period, I would be foraging for that person. <laughs> <laughs> foraging for that person. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the, again, I don't know most of them, but, you know, from what from what you see, it's just mm, not yet, not there yet. What do you think is like a big takeaway that maybe some coaches don't have or maybe don't they don't see about teaching kids, like something that you recognize, like it's important for kids when you're coaching kids to take this approach oh man there's so many things that, that i think could go wrong i mean i was why i loved coaching so much is because you know i had bad experiences with when i was a kid um my coach was pretty abusive and uh, and whatnot and the way the way things played out um i think the biggest thing where where a lot of coaches fail is that you know a lot of them are after the money and a lot of them are very agreeable with the parent the, 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 this is one of the reasons i don't do tennis anymore is because you have to you have to play politics which i still have to play politics but it's a different kind of politics at least kids are not involved in the politics i play now because it's all pol pickable politics you know it's like it's another another realm of things but with with parents it's 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 almost like you have to tell the parent the, the wrong thing about their child just so they keep paying you money. Does it make sense? So, okay. Why is this a bad thing? Well, n I'm going to give you an example. So now we get Dakshish. Dakshish come in for a tennis lesson, right? Dakshish have enough coordination to, maybe enough coordination to get the, get the booger out of his nose and put it in his mouth. Maybe in the best case, okay? Dakshish is very uncoordinated and you know his father goes, oh my God, you know, I want my son to be a pro. And then in order for him to come back, you know, you can't really say, oh no, he's never going to make it. You're going to say, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to work really hard and we're going to do it. But that's a lie. Uh, it's like a white lie. I don't know if that's, that's a word. Yeah, we're going to work. You don't really say I'm going to make him a pro. I mean, some do, but, um, and then if you say no, right, if you say there's no way in hell, he's going to go to somebody else that will, you know, will, 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 will tell him that, yes, you know, this is what, this is what we'll do. So that's, that's where it comes in. And a lot of the times, you know, you have to because parents pay coaches, right? That's that's where the majority. I mean, when you get when you get money for it, that that exchange becomes un, not very pure. So this was the reason why. I mean, I've broken off with some with some parents, you know, because I I say what I think and I think what I say. So sometimes, you know, that that's actually one of the things that really parents and you know really my, my the clients liked about me because I'm like I had no problem of telling a person that you know oh, you're wrong, there's no go. Right. In terms of in, in regards, because I had a lot of expertise in, you know, in in 
in development. I was very good in development, and uh, yeah, so a lot of times, a lot of times you see that. That's the re- one of the reasons I wouldn't do teaching. I would never t- teach tennis for money no more. Well, you briefly talked about like this kid, like a kid might not have like the right coordination. So that's like a trait that stands out to you as far as them not succeeding in the future. What is a trait that you see that does indicate that a ch- child would be successful in the future, becoming a professional athlete or the development of being a professional athlete? Yeah, I mean, you always look at the parent, right? First, you look at the parent. If you if the parent is, I mean, if the is a six foot eight, uh, you know, you know, guy that is uh, any any time there is a guy six foot eight, you probably okay, you can probably take a bet on you know, their fa- the father of a kid is six foot eight, you're probably taking a bet on that kid no matter what, right? I mean, just because of the height. Uh, but you you look at the parents, you look at uh, their hand and eye coordination because that's very important for racket sports. Um, and then you look at the way they move, right? I mean, you, there's, you know, you can get better at hand and eye, right? You can get better at, you know, uh, at, at some things, right? You can, you can build strength. One thing you could never build is speed. Speed, you either have it or not, right? Or there's levels, right? Mediocre, fast, right? I mean, there's no other Usain Bolt, right? No matter how much I try to run, if I'm the same height, there, you know, even if, you know, I don't know what a series, like 6'4", I don't know how tall Usain Bolt is, but there's no other Usain Bolt on the planet, right? So it's, it's genetics. Speed is genetics. A, a lot of the time, speed is genetics. Yes, you can improve it 15, 20%, but you don't really get you don't really get any improvement in speed, either fast or not. So that's that's what you look at. I mean, I, I hand and eye you can really teach. I never had hand and eye. Look at me. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, like I was, I was pretty quick. How do, how do you think um, being from Russia? What do you see like are some cultural differences in the like your development that you've seen that has like helped you s- maybe like stand out? Well, I think it's the you know Russian culture is uh, well, it's very different, obviously. So um, I think people are way more tolerant here, and uh, what U.S. really taught me to be more tolerant of things. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Uh, I like the openness of of U.S. culture, but I also like you know the toughness of Russian culture. It's kind of like I, I kind of happened to be here all my teenager years, right? And so I got the best of both worlds, like you know. What else can people expect in the future for Astria? Well, hopefully one of our one of our guys uh, breaks in, you know. Uh, <laughs> like sponsored well, players? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're you know I'm, I'm I I look at it more and okay instead of there's two ways I could have gone. There's ways of like. Uh, could have built facilities right and uh, doing it the way I'm doing it now or you know I could have used all that money and spent it spend it on a player right again as, as we talked before there I, I don't think there's anybody really worth it I don't really look at players and think like I want the panel because of that person I'm sure it'll yeah. happen in the future be, so that's gonna happen when the kids arrive into the sport so here's the thing right now I mean yeah people still buy okay no doubt people still buy i mean i i have this guy that you know that thinks that uh uh that buying uh ben jones uh, paddle will improve his game you know it, it won't no matter what you play with you're just you know you you probably have different kind of issues the paddle won't change it after you hit a certain level like your paddle does not matter that much right all like a lot of the paddles they're very similar yeah so it's, it's so it all got to do with uh you know, with with the kids getting into the sport, because you know, when the kids get into the sport, they they start idolizing the players, right? Uh, like in tennis, right? I mean, Rafa plays with Babalat, right? Who is you know Johnny's favorite tennis player? Rafa. What what racket does Daddy gonna buy? Rafa's racket. 
when it comes to you know when it comes to adults i mean adults generally speaking their psychology is a little bit different sometimes it, i mean there is paddle holders they will buy every paddle right uh, but sometimes it's like it's you know they just don't feel like okay because of that person unless they know them personally right they will buy it so yeah so i i kind of you know i i mean i guess for selkirk and yola and the bigger brands it's like it's a right move because there's not i mean there's not a lot that they can do but in term in, in that terms i'm i'm taking it slow in terms of the professionals and i'm trying i'm i'm helping out guys that that are you know that are coming up and they're they're doing well so i'm trying my best to get them there in terms of building players and help them succeed instead of you know paying uh i don't know ben john's uh, shit ton of money right yeah for what for what for am i paying you for for for, for nothing yeah there's you have like a lot of players that are coming up so what are you looking for when you see a player that you want to sponsor if you have a tennis background that's like the probably the biggest like oh okay let's talk about it right away like i mean depending on your level of tennis like i would say oh yeah that, that guy easy right i mean look at corner garnett right i'm surprised he's still not number one in singles he should be uh i mean he would he would uh, i don't i don't think he would drop a game to ben johnson tennis and uh, neither to mcmuffin he would never drop sorry Mc, mcguffin um like you know they're, they're just he's just that good um but he i think he will get there eventually he's he was a very good tennis player but yeah in, in terms of in terms of if somebody is up and coming or is a starting pickleball i definitely look at the de determination and you know and uh, their abilities in tennis but if they haven't played tennis i mean that's that's a stiffer one because it's kind of you know if you're very athletic you can do it like look at that guy kyle right he's he's doing it he never played racket sports i have a guy named jace the guy is just i mean also one of he's probably one of the most charming guys i've ever met if i'm if, if he wasn't married now i probably would have married him He's just great and uh you know he started pickleball like eight months ago and right now he's like he's pushing entry-level pros you know yeah. he's he's getting there like they're about to they're, they're very close to passing qualities and you know he's he's working on his game so he's great so that you you can also those those rare situations they can they also happen but generally speaking it's you know it's it's tennis i would say that's yeah. what i look for who are some of the other uh sponsor players that you guys have <laughs> so I have, we have, uh, well, probably all the best people in Washington State, right? Um, that's where, that's where our focus is. Um, so James Thorpe, Ethan, Violet, you know, I have, have we had our first pro gold recently in the, P in Seattle PPA, in a, in, in seniors, but you know, it still counts to a degree. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. So, so yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, you know, I, I would say my focus haven't been much on pros but you know my focus has been more on you know developing the game and uh building building the game so it's it's like you either choose I, I could i i don't have enough i don't have enough resources to choose more you know cho to choose both i can only do one but yeah. yeah eventually eventually that's that would be the next step pretty much wrapping up where can f people find out more about astria and like what's going on well you're gonna see the vlog first i think so you're gonna see a lot oh. uh, a lot out of the vlog out of the vlog and hopefully that's going to be i mean that's going to be funny obviously i'm going to be in there so obviously it's going to be funny i'm going to make sure brian make a funny one i'm going to make sure he puts in a lot of the you know uncensored shit that that we talked about hopefully he can beep it because that's what i, I want to watch myself no i don't really want to watch myself i want people to watch but you know um uh but uh yeah the vlog is going to be fun and you know people couldn't uh, our instagram says a lot you know astripickable.com wait sorry 
that's our website not our instagram instagram is astray pickleball and uh, you know there's a lot of information about everything we do down on the website and and instagram yeah cool um cool last piece of advice for anyone watching it's better to shut up and just look stupid than open your mouth and prove it there we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just did that guy the reason why i say that it's uh a lot of people they have a, like they have an advice or you know they try to give their opinion and you know they say they're going to do things and it's like it's just not worth to talk do it your actions speak lo- speak louder than you know your words cool man well thank you. i appreciate you <laughs> thank you Brad. yeah bring me out here and taking the time to do this and like you and aj your business partner like hosting me and uh, yeah, just give me the opportunity to capture all this. It's super cool. I mean, I didn't say a lot about AJ, but she's the she. I, but my business partner, she is a just a wonderful lady that helped me. Uh, she's also one of the one of the reasons why I'm I'm still here. You know, she she helped me so much mentally. Yeah. She's just a, she's just a wonderful lady. That you know, she's I, awesome. I don't really know what I would do without without her because that's just. You know, I, 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 I <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> we have a, you know, I have, we have daily therapy sessions. You know, <laughs> I just need somebody to talk to. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's the complete opposite of you. Oh, complete opposite. Yeah. Four foot, four foot eight Polynesian woman. You know. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.